1: Now that the morning hangover is done for Steelers fans, we're going to talk with you here on the North Shore Drive podcast, breaking things down with Ray Fittipaldo. I'm Chris Carter about the Steelers' loss to the Bengals. We're going to focus on the defense, what specifically went wrong with this game plan, the offense, talking more about Matt Canada and what's going on there. But we also want to focus on Kenny Pickett because there were signs of positivity in the midst of a 30-point loss. But all that and more right here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, and we are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, bringing you our breakdown here on a Monday afternoon uh, here in the city of pittsburgh uh, today's episode as always is brought to you by the accurate fan advantage How you can have the power to project one of our Post because Steelers beat writers into your home or office by using augmented reality You can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room Get the latest insights on starting lineups key matchups and critical stats at post-gazette.com Slash fan advantage. No apps or downloads just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash fan advantage and get a real edge on this week's action ray you gave your grades or your report card on the on the Steelers, and you gave you gave C's to the guys up front. You give I think a C to the defensive line, C minus to the linebackers, and a D in the secondary. This, the Bengals really went after the Steelers uh, with a lot of different guys. Six different players had over twenty out uh, of player a, a catch of over twenty yards or yep. more that, that went there. What do you think went into a lot of the mismatches that the, that the Bengals were able to find against the Steelers?
2: I think, I mean, number one, I think they just targeted Arthur Mallette and whoever um, was on him on that certain uh, uh, personnel grouping, they were fine with going to him. So um, I think Arthur Mallette had a bad day. Um, they were not afraid to target Levi Wallace, even though Levi Wallace had a nice interception. There were a couple of the T. Higgins um, you know caught on him so I just think you know offensive coordinators find you know the so-called duck on the other side and I think Arthur Mallette was the duck on Sunday and uh you know he's a nice little story Chris you know they they've used him um but I, I really think you see the trickle-down effect when William Jackson is out Akella Witherspoon is out mm. Kim Sutton has to stay outside yeah he can't bump inside. And you, you're just – I don't want to say you're stuck with Millett, but he's clearly not a guy that you want in coverage a lot. He's better as a run defender, obviously a good special teamer. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I thought uh, just uh, they kind of went after him and they had a lot of success doing it.
1: Certainly, I, I I thought the same thing when I was looking at the game. I'm still I still want to go back and chart exactly how many times he was targeted and everything and look at that. But still I just I looked at that at that uh at, at that game plan. I was just like, man, Arthur Marlette's getting picked on, Robert Spillane was getting picked on. There was a point where, and maybe this is fool's gold, maybe I'm overstating this, but I, I did feel like it might have been worth a shot to say is is James Pierre on the outside a better option than Arthur Millet on the inside where they could have right. moved Cam Sutton and it, at least shake things up after like the first few times that they went after him?
2: Right. Yeah, I agree with you, but you know how they are, Chris, if they don't practice that a certain number of times during the week, um, they're not just going to go to it just for a change of pace. So throughout practice last week, um, they liked Mallette there. They kind of knew they were going to be down Jackson. They knew they were going to be, without Witherspoon, and I don't know if um, Pierre's performance last year against the Bengals had anything to do with it. I know that was mm. Chase who burned him, so maybe yeah. they didn't want to go back to him. I I don't know what the thought process was, but I think clearly um, when you're looking ahead to the draft next year, no matter how you do it, if you think Cam Sutton is better inside, you want to sign him to be a, a slot corner, do that, and then go out and, and draft yourself another outside corner that can maybe be a shutdown guy. They don't have a shutdown guy on this team. Um, we've talked about it before. They got a bunch of number twos and number threes, and they don't have that dominant guy that they can match up on a guy like T. Higgins when he goes off for nine and 148 like he did on Sunday.
1: You're right, and that was a, that was a problem for them. They couldn't find answers against him. But also in this game, the Steelers – they, they did have. They did make plays at times. Cam Hayward was able to get a sack. Alex Highsmith got a sack. Uh, T.J. Watt got an interception, but ultimately still not enough. Was this would, – would, would if you were to point your finger at the Steelers giving up 37 points, was this as much about the playmakers not doing enough or the role players kind of getting exposed and the Bengals finding ways to get after those guys?
2: Well, I mean, listen, anytime you're paying T.J. Watt the money that you're paying him – You want him to be more impactful on the game than he was yesterday. I thought Lael Collins did a really good job against him. Um, You know, I I know he had the half a sack and he had the pick and he had a few more pressures. He had one time he got home Mm -hmm. and didn't finish a sack. But I think overall, Collins did a really good job on him. So when you're going to rush four and T.J. Watt doesn't get home, that's a problem because then you're exposing the secondary – to have to cover for longer, we all know Joe Burrow is more than capable of taking advantage of those types of situations. So, you know, I hate to put so much on TJ and only his second game back, but I thought um, without the dominant pass rush, they're just very ordinary back there. And then again, you know, you go back to the guys like Mallette and Spillane, who they like in third down situations. You know, second week in I a row. Understand that. Yeah, I, I mean, second week him. in a row, he, he was beaten for a touchdown. You know, it's it's one thing to get beat. Um, you know, you can't keep up in man-to-man situations, but come on, you're out there to tackle the guy. Don't let the guy bounce off you at the 10-yard line and then waltz into the end zone. You know, get people on the ground when you can. So I think it's a combination. You know, I, you know, I, I thought TJ was okay. I thought Cam Hayward had a good game. So I'm not going to put too much on the stars. I just think – you know that complimentary football. You know you're paying TJ Cam and Minka all this money. Right. Your guys like Spillane and Mollette and all these other guys have to perform too. That's that's part of the way the salary cap works. And obviously those guys didn't hold up their end of the bargain on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely thought that was part of the case there. And I, I also noticed the Bengals made a concerted effort to avoid Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't think he. I'm not. Sure, I don't think he was targeted once in this game they went after everyone else and when i was looking back at it, there were a lot of times you saw t higgins when he was on one side of the field if mick and face patrick was on that side he, they would they would motion him away they would try to keep him away because they were trying to get him freed up and get him single opportunities that was something where i was like man the bagels definitely came with a plan to stay away from the steelers playmakers as best they can and i do think lyle collins did a good job he even talked about it afterwards he, he called out tj watt saying oh he cries to the ref too much too much i did feel like lyle collins a lot of his good day was just holding, you know, kind of holding on to TJ Watt and tackling him and hoping it wasn't called. But still, that's part of the plan. If you're the Bengals, you got to find a way to make sure TJ Watt's not wrecking the game. He almost did with the interception that he had. You got to avoid of Fitzpatrick. They did that, and you got to find a ways find a way to win. Uh, you know, with with mismatches, and I think that was the biggest thing. They neutralized enough of the playmakers. Uh, for for long enough that they were able to go after the, the the role players and the Steelers defense, where like in the Dolphins game, we saw times where you know their cornerbacks who you know weren't or all that great at the time were able to get you know solid bracketing on on Tyreek Hill, on Jalen Waddle on Mike Gosecki, and they were able to limit to a Tungavailoa. They did the same thing with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. But in this game, I felt like whatever adjustments they needed to make, they weren't able to make. And the Bengals just kept going after those role guys. And that led to all the big plays the Steelers gave up.
2: Yeah, I think half the battle, Chris, is when you put a guy like Collins on an island with TJ Watt. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he was on an island more like there were a few double teams and, and mm-hmm. chips and things of that nature, but he was out there one on one with him a lot. And I think half mm-hmm. the battle is not getting called for holds, right? Not getting yeah. up those sacks. And then that frees up more guys can go into the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't afraid to send out four or five guys into the pattern. And, uh, you know, I thought their offensive line, as much maligned as, as it is, and we all know about them giving up seven sacks to the Steelers in Week One, mm-hmm. um, I thought the protection was really, really solid yesterday. I mean, Burrow had all the time in the world for the most part to look over that secondary and to look for the matchups um, that he wanted. So, yeah, I mean, like again, I you know, I'm I'm not going to bang on T.J. Watt, um, uh, you know, in his second game back, but you just come to lean on those guys so much, and when they when they're just very good and they're not great, I think it shows up with your defense.
1: Yeah, certainly. If, you, if your playmakers aren't getting it home, uh, it's 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 not exactly the game plan that the Steelers had had uh, scripted for a lot of wins this year. We got to flip to the offense a little bit. I know a lot of people want to talk about Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett. We'll do that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about liquid death. You know about liquid death. We've talked a lot about it a lot of this show. It's the best Water, water spring mountain, a um, mountain spring water brand that you can get out there because it looks like it's coming in a, in a tall boy beer can but it's actually just ice cold water that you can get easily at any point in time. Just put it in your fridge, put it in a cooler and it comes out. You're just getting refreshing water and they call it liquid death because it's here to murder your thirst and murder plastic pollution across the planet. 10% of all profits from every can sold go to help fight plastic pollution on the planet. And also if you're a person who likes to drink a lot of, a lot of water, if you drink enough bottled water, you know that there's often that kind of that plasticky feeling when you get, when you drink water out of a bottle, but this with it out of a can, it tastes fresh. It's taste it tastes easy and it's, it's a great way to gulp down water during the day. Get your water from Liquid Death, and you can find Liquid Death at your local Target, 7-Eleven, or County Fair, or find Liquid Death Retailer near you with their store locator tool located at liquiddeath.com shore. That's liquiddeath.com slash shore. We're also brought to you by Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't be nice for the holidays to be stress-free, but a hot tub, a swim spa, and a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa can help you feel like it is. Relax and soak in a hot tub or a swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Refresh and rejuvenate in a Finlayo sauna that is shorter, to stress your faster than a frosty, and aruba save big now on on all in stock hot hot tubs and swim spas by visiting valleypoolspa.com that's valleypoolspa.com Back here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipato. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, looking at your report card grades, you gave Kenny Pickett a D. You gave the running backs a B, the receivers a D, and the offensive line a C-. We'll get into Kenny Pickett specifically, but what did you see that got the Steelers going in the first half? Because to me... I thought a big a big part of it was they were they, they trusted Najee Harris in the ground game to keep them to keep the, the sticks in reasonable situations, keep the down and distance manageable. And yeah. uh, I went back and charted it. Najee Harris gained five point three yards on average on first down runs in this game, and it seemed like that was a big reason why they were having success in the first half.
2: Yeah, he's running downhill, and I I think it's really helped him since they made those adjustments during the off week, Chris. Um, where they're going under center more and they're not having him run out of shotgun and uh, they're just putting him in better positions where, where he can move the pile and he can have, um you know, more positive gains. So I, I definitely think that was one thing. The other thing, and I, I know we're going to get into picket later, but the Bengals were daring the Steelers to throw deep down the field mm. in the first half. He hit uh, George Pickens for the touchdown. Uh He took, I think one or two other shots, but I don't think he did that nearly enough. So I we're, we're going to get into that more um, later. But uh, I think the reason they scored 20 points in the first half, yes, the running game, number one. Number two, they were finally able to hit on some some plays down the field. Unfortunately, that didn't continue into the second half.
1: Why didn't it continue into the second half? Did the Bengals just back off and say, you know what, we're not going to let you do that anymore? Or was there something else that the Steelers did that, could, that messed it up as well?
2: Well, I think they did to an extent. Um there were still one or two instances where I saw a single high and I thought he could have taken a shot down the field and he checked it down or he threw to another receiver. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to be Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. And, you know, that's, that's an automatic, that was an automatic for Ben when mm-hmm. he saw single high, he'd throw it deep and he was very comfortable doing that no matter what the down and distance was. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett has to do that every time. Um, but I also think you have to, what a couple things can happen. You get a big play. Number one, you get a defensive holding or get a pass interference, or you throw it to a spot where the ball goes out of bounds. I mean, that's not a play where you have to put the ball a lot in harm's way. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're, they're down there on the South side today picking apart that tape. Um, but you know, I, I think they did go to a little bit more shell coverage in the second half, but, uh, you know, I, I think there are definitely ways that the Steelers could have thrown the ball more downfield in the second half as well.
1: I, I felt like that that was part of the formula that they needed to get to stick with. They didn't do that enough. I, I also noticed they did they didn't run the ball. I felt as, as enough enough on those first downs. There was a lot of three and outs. I mean, they had what like four straight three and outs to start to start the second half. You know, yeah. one of those led to the, led to the field goal after the interception. I felt like the Steelers defense, there was a time where I thought they might have made the adjustments and they might have been doing enough. But that was when the Steelers offense, if they had been able to find ways to kind of not even just get a whole bunch of points, just have some extended drives, just waste more time in the third quarter, that might have allowed the Steelers defense to kind of stay free, straight stay free there.
2: Hey, listen, a lot of people are all over Mike Tomlin, Terrell Austin today, and deservedly so. You, you give up 355 yards passing and four touchdowns to a a Bengals team that's without Jamar Chase, that's deserved, okay? Mm -hmm. But I I don't think people understand, Chris, how when you get on a short field, and they were on a short field twice in the second half, and you don't get touchdowns in those situations, right? You're three and out, you kick the field goal. Then you get the ball on the 47 after the short punt and penalties, and you, you get nothing out of that drive, too how much momentum is just sapped from your football team in that situation too? Because the defense knows they got to go out and almost score it themselves uh, to get a lead in that game. So I I just think, yeah, you can look at the yardage and you can look at the defense and it it wasn't good. But, um, you know, they just – so much is on their shoulders, Chris, and unless they are just this dominant um, defense, um, you just get the feeling it's not going to be enough to win – very many games the rest of the
1: season yeah it's certainly a big question going forward uh you know but at the same time they put up 30 points and uh and they were able to move the ball at times were there lessons here that you think that Matt Canada and this offense should be able to carry forward with them and say like hey you know what if we do these things good things can happen in this offense or do you think this was more of an anomaly of just they had to score these kind of points because the Bengals were scoring these kind of points
2: well, I mean, forget the garbage time touchdown. That I mean, oh. that It counts, but it doesn't count, right? I mean, they the Bengals were backing off at that point, and I, I'm not going to give Matt Canada and Kenny well, yeah, pocket, sure. credit, credit for that. Um, so really 23 points, only three points after halftime. You really got to go back to the first half to to look for positives. Mm-hmm. And there were. Um, you know, the, the running game was good. I think you got to continue to target Pat Friermuth. He had eight catches on 12 targets. Um, You know, I liked what they did with Pickens, um, but you've got to find a way. I mean, you're paying Deontay Johnson I, that's what I was how doing. much that's money next a point. season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you you got to get him more involved in the game. His first touch came with four minutes to go in the second quarter, and that was on a jet sweep. His first target came, I think, a, a minute or two later, and then he finishes with 21 yards and four catches. I mean, he's it's almost like he's not out there, and I understand – He's getting doubled and teams are concentrating on him. I, I get it. But good offensive coordinators and find good quarterbacks find a way to scheme it up to get your best players involved in the game plan. That's that's the bottom line. Good coordinators do that. Good quarterbacks do that. And, obviously, right now the, the, the Steelers, um, they're struggling in both categories. I think Kenny Pickett can get there someday, but um, I'm not sure Matt Canada ever can.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at that, and I was I was thinking the same thing. Was it was my very next question is why, where was Deontay Johnson in this game plan? I know Kenny Pickett said afterwards, well, they were doubling him a lot, and they were they were focusing on taking him away, but at the same time, I mean. I, I know, I know it's tough to compare it to Antonio Brown because him and Ben Roethlisberger were on another level. But like teams double team receivers all the time. Heck, the Steelers, I think the Steelers had a plan to double team T Higgins more to bracket him more with their coverage. But the Bengals were able to find ways to exploit that. I think that's the problem that, that I had with this game was. You know Deontay Johnson. He there were times he was run, he was running his routes, but the Bengals were able to locate him, isolate him, and kind of cut him off from play and Say, hey, Kenny pick it. go in with Pat Fry with the George Pickens. Whereas he did early on, but again, rookie quarterback eventually wasn't a, eventually stopped making those plays in the second half.
2: Well, how about this, Chris? Instead of scheming up shovel passes and screen passes to Zach Gentry, mm-hmm. instead of scheming up jet sweeps to Steven Sims, scheme something up to 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 put the ball into Deontay Jan- uh, Johnson's hands earlier in that football game. And it doesn't have to be deep shots down the field, but you can get him – they can get him going on crossers. Um, you know, they can do certain things um, uh, against certain coverages to, to free him up, and they just didn't do that. So, um, you know, I'm, I know I'm on Matt Canada a lot, but I just think um, when, when, when you're paying him, I think it's $18 million a year for, for – yeah the next two seasons, starting next season. Um, if you're not going to get more production out of him than what you are this season, then it's a waste. It's, it's, it's money down the drain. That, that's yeah. what it is. Money. down and, the
1: drain. And the thing is, it's, like, it's not just because money down the drain, I think to some people who don't like, we're thinking salary cap wise, that space that can be used to fill other holes like the offensive line. And, it, and I agree with you. If, you you paid Deontay Johnson that money so that he could carry your offense in tough moments, so that he could be the guy that gets open in single coverage, and Kenny Pickett can say like, you know what, F it, Deontay Johnson somewhere over there, I'm gonna throw that ball. Uh, right. And they haven't been able to do that. Week one, you saw the catch he had for Mitchell Trubisky. You saw you saw some of the plays being made, but he is. It feels like he's been slowly just less and less relevant in the offense and I do think that's a problem, especially when he's scheduled to make the money that he's scheduled to make there with the Steelers. We'll talk more specifically about Kenny Pickett because I want to break that down uh with Ray Fitopato here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. But first we got to talk to you guys, but our friends at Yinzers in the Berg, Yinzers, listen up. With the Steelers and the Penguins well off into their seasons, it's time to show your support for your black and gold. There's no better place to do that than to go to the best place to get Pittsburgh sports apparel than Yinzers in the Berg. Where's Yinzers in the Berg? Well, Yinzers in the Berg has two legendary shops that you can find in the Strip District at any point in time, but they also have a growing online store that you can visit from the, the comfort of your own home. Go to yinzerspgh.com. Again, that's yinzerspgh.com. You'll find Steelers gear, Penguins gear, Pirates gear, Pit gear, all the things that you want to cheer on your favorite teams here in the area. There's no better place to go to get your Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. Again, check out Yinzers of the Berg with their two stores in the Strip District or go to YinzersPGH.com. That's YinzersPGH.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. We're breaking things down here on the Steelers. Let's focus specifically on Kenny Pickett here, Ray. I agree with you that there were times that Kenny Pickett could have seen things better, and there were times I think he missed open guts. But I did feel like of the, of the things that we saw that went wrong, this was probably the game where more, enough things went right that I was like, there, there was actual progress to be seen here from the rookie.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I think – number one decision-making right throw the ball away again uh don't make a lot of dumb throws i mean there was the one in in the triple coverage with Zach Gentry that i you know he obviously got away with that i mean it it was a poor throw luckily it was a poor throw or would have been uh likely intercepted so um you know i think that for the most part you know the bengals didn't get their hands on a lot of his balls so for me that's number one when you're when you're a game manager like they're asking him to be this year you have to do that yeah um yeah, and I, you know, I think um, you know he ran the ball a little bit again. I, you know, he was able to scramble away from pressure and uh, you know try to create some things there. I just don't think he's seeing the field all that great. And I think that impacts everything around him because when you don't have confidence and you don't know what you're seeing, it affects every part of your game. So um, again, we talk about it every week. Eventually, he's going to start seeing it. Eventually, the light will go off. He'll recognize things. He's just not doing it right now.
1: No, I feel you. Um, he, he's not doing it right now. I think yeah. that's a that's a big problem that, he, that that the Steelers are having because you have to kind of scheme things up against simpler. And, and another thing, I, I did feel like part of it was. The Steelers did simplify things in the pass game for him in the first half. You know, the, the deep passes that he was able to connect onto George Pickens, there were some deep crossing patterns where it was just the simple, just, hey, one receiver over here, one receiver yep. over here. They cross 15 yards downfield. They're, the defense is it's coming off play action, so the defense is a little worried about Najee Harris, a little worried about Pat Fryermuth, and you get a chance to say, hey, which way does the do they go? Is either if they're in man, does either one of them beat man? If they're in zone, which way is the zone favoring? I could throw there, and Kenny Pickett was able to connect on a few of those, and I felt like that was a really a really good sign. The Steelers were able to make that happen, but you can only make that happen so many times before you act, before the defense catches on and you make smarter decisions to kind of pick at where their weaknesses are. And I think that's what Joe Burrow did for the Bengals.
2: Yeah, listen, there, there's a balance that, that happens. You don't want to throw interceptions but you don't want to play scared either. And right. you want to be able to take shots and to, to give your best players opportunities to make plays. And, um, you know, they're, they're passing game right now, Chris, it's very controlled. Yeah. Um, you know, other than the 33 yard touchdown, the to Pickens, um, there wasn't a lot going on, a lot of short, a lot of intermediate routes, nothing going on really after halftime until that, that last touchdown drive. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a fine line, and they're in that game yesterday, so he wasn't ever really in the mode until late where he had to start winging it. But, hey, maybe when you're in those games like you are against the Bengals, better teams out there, maybe you do have to start taking some more chances, try to push the ball down the field, try to get the ball into your playmaker's hands on uh, you know more than one or two occasions throughout the game.
1: Do you think it is that these that they're too, that he or they are too scared at this point? This is that they, yeah. they did have back to back games with no interceptions, and it right. worked last game, but in a game where the, the, the Bengals' offense was putting up points, they they needed right. a bit more.
2: Well, I don't want to say Kenny Pickett's playing scared because I don't know right. what the coaches are telling him. Right? Exactly. They could be back there telling him, "You're playing this way. I don't care. Um, you know, you'll get an opportunity to run this offense when you prove it." So. Um, maybe that's just the byproducts of the way he's being coached. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that was probably Mike Tomlin's formula before the season. I think he thought he would have much better defense than he has, probably a better running game than he has. It just hasn't panned out. That's why they're three and seven, uh, here after, uh, after 10 games.
1: Certainly. Um, the Steelers are three and seven now they have what seven games left, I believe. Yes, seven games left because they, they that, that's their that's their ten games now. They have a seventeen game season. Um, biggest things to focus on for the rest of the push here, you know, as far as as far as finishing and and, and you know their their record and everything. I'm not sure that that's the biggest biggest case here that you're right. looking at. You want to see Kenny Pickett develop and to figure out some of those things. You want to be able to find like okay. If we take Kenny Pickett here and, and if he's seeing these things, we can call these concepts and he's going to find success. Or we can call, we, you know, at certain times of the game, we know if we put the ball in his hands, he's going to figure things out.
2: Uh, yeah. What
1: is what is the biggest thing that you think that the Steelers need to do to pull that out of Kenny Pickett in these final seven games?
2: Yeah, go, go into the offseason with some momentum, even though you're not right. going to be in the playoffs. Give your team some, some positive thoughts as they go into the offseason so they're thinking maybe – maybe things can be better in 2022. So, you know, I think you touched on it, Chris, I think they got to put Kenny in situations where um, he's comfortable and uh, he can make reason he can make plays for his, for his team. Cause I don't know if it does any good um, when he's out there and he struggles the way he did in the second half of that game. I know that comes with playing good teams and um, you know, clearly the Steelers coaching staff didn't make the adjustments um, that the Bengals did, but Um, Yeah, just put him in position, give him confidence, and more importantly, give the players around him confidence that they think Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy in 2023 and beyond. Because I'm telling you right now, uh, what, five, six games into his his career, I don't know that any of those guys can sit back there and think, okay, he's our guy. He's got to go out and prove it.
1: Right. He's got to go out and prove it. And I think that that's where the Steelers are, are hoping that he does. And again, I think that he gets grace of being a rookie. Like, you know, there's 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 space that you got to give him to grow and to learn and to take lumps, you know, and, and I, all quarterbacks do at some point. But again, if the Steelers, the biggest thing that you're looking to get out of this season at this point is trying to make sure, hey, you put him in early this season. You brought him in in the Jets game. You've He's had he's he's going to have a bunch of starts by the end of the season does he look like a better quarterback does he have things that he could take forward and say hey next year i'm coming in i'm doing this i have like my connection with pickens uh prior Najee, naji uh you know johnson you have those connections and you find ways to build around him so that next year you're not coming out and being one of the worst offenses in the in the league for the majority of the season you are able to try, come out and say hey you know what it's not un, it's not unnatural to get twenty or more points in in a game. I think that's where the Steelers need to be. Uh, the question will be, how do they get that out of him? What adjustments do they make this year to get him more more res, uh, better production and more results here?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And we all know Matt Canada probably isn't going to be around in twenty twenty three. I, I agree that, with does, that. that doesn't mean that they still can't um, do some things here in the second half of the season, just to you know create some positive vibes um you know most importantly for kenny but again for everyone on that offense as they go into the offseason
1: absolutely we'll have more on this on the wednesday episode of the north shore drive podcast thanks so much for checking us out thank you ray for joining me as always on mondays we appreciate all you for checking us out you can remember you can check out the north shore drive podcast on apple spotify google podcasts and especially on youtube like this video if you saw it on youtube record uh subscribe to the youtube channel to get all of our episodes monday wednesday friday on the north shore drive podcast but also uh, you can check out all of our daily content here on all things Pittsburgh sports from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm Chris. Again, I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipato back Wednesday with more from the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.